What I want to say to you is it's not always easy to be courageous. And so many times those first steps, they really do come from a place of how you see yourself. And many times there's these prosperity blockers that are happening because we have work to do in order to take those courageous steps. Are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential? Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Hi, everybody, and I am so enormously excited to introduce my girlfriend, Michelle Jakopic. So I'm going to read a little bit about Michelle, and then we're going to go into an interview that I've been waiting for for two months just to play and connect. So here we go. Michelle is a business profitability strategist and a success coach with over three decades of experience. Michelle helps motivated entrepreneurs understand their unique potential so that they achieve their big goals in less time with more ease. Do you have goosebumps yet? I just got them. She's an expert at helping them master their vision, their mindset, their money, and their business growth. Yes. In addition to her education in insurance and finance, she transformed her own life as a 23-year-old young woman drowning in a sea of debt to a businesswoman, oh, I have goosebumps again, who with her partner brought the company they worked for at the age of 29, growing that client base from 600K to over $12 million in sales in a year. You see why I've been waiting for two months to see my friend, Michelle. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, I want to just correct because it would be not authentic if I didn't say it wasn't a year. Oh. Anybody that's taking a company from 600,000 to 12 million in sales, that would be magical. That was over 15 years. It took us, you know, time. It was every year putting an emphasis on those places of where we could grow and looking at the metrics, right? But to, to have that kind of come in and buy the company that we worked for and then have some visual of like what it looked like, right? What we were going to do with the company rather than status quo. What could we do with it if we just blew some new life into it. We kept the name, but changed the way things were being done. So it was super, super fun and a really great couple of decades. <laughs> and what's magical about Michelle and what I wanted my audience to see today is, you know, this is the intuitive business podcast and Michelle really does lean into her intuition. For example, I want to be really authentic. And we just had a few minutes right before this call to connect and we haven't connected in probably over two years, we were in a, a joint uh, coaching program. And then, you know, Michelle got busy, I got busy. And we just, you know, we just went on different paths. And so I ended up writing a book about transitioning our identity. And right now, I think that's such an important subject, leaning into our intuition and transitioning our identity. And Michelle, in this moment today, I asked her what her top five values are. And she's like, oh, that's such a good question. Let me lean into my intuition 
and come up with an answer. So I actually want to go there first, if you don't mind, because that was the part where you used your intuition. And then I want to talk about how to transition your identity and how you did it. I love that. So, you know, I love the question about, you know, what are our values? And for me, you know, there's top three, there's three top qualities that I always lean into with everything that I'm doing. The first one is humility. The second one is curiosity. And then the third one is courage. And so the humility part, you know, there's two parts to that. The first one is I've never forgotten where I've come from, right? I was taught by my mother's example early on to treat the janitor with the same respect as the CEO. And I think that I've done a really good job of doing that. I can relate to people on different landscapes, different places in life without judgment and with kindness and compassion. We're all human and we all have the same human desires, right? To be loved and accepted and to be seen and heard. So the ability to not lean in judgment, to not mock, to not gossip, um, it doesn't serve me. It certainly doesn't serve or lift the energy in the world that we're trying to bring forward or in somebody else's day. So I lead from that every day. The second part of humility is always been humble enough to know that I don't know it all. <laughs> and that for me, I know that I need others on my team. I love having other people share their own unique and gifts and talents so that I can share mine. I need mentors. I need leaders around me that are lifting as they rise. And the people on my team, I've got six people now that work for me here at Jacobic Enterprises. And I love each and every one of their uniqueness um, and what they bring to the table, right? I love being in the energy of their creative spaces, their gifts and talents. And I love that when they're using theirs, I could stay in mine. And collectively, we make a huge difference. So humility, you know, those two pieces. And then the second part is curiosity, right? It's like, okay, it curiosity's actually allowed me to lean in and it's created this willingness to ask questions and to listen to others. It's helped keep me learning and growing and expanding in all areas of my life, spiritually, financially, like for example, Bitcoin, you know, like I got my list. I'm like, I don't know anything about Bitcoin, but I'm curious, right? Cause like, what am I going to do? Never like learn about Bitcoin. So it's, it's leaning into those places, spiritually, financially, socially, where I can be curious about what I don't know, be good at asking questions so that I'm constantly learning. And I think you know, this curious nature of mine, it's an energy, you know, people will say, oh, you know, you walk in a room and somebody lights up a room. And I don't think it's a, a Michelle Jacobic thing. It's a, that I'm there and I'm curious about what other people are doing in their lives and their businesses. Teach me what you know about being a grandmother. There's all kinds of places where I get lit up. And to me, that's the vein of life. It's like, we're all here together. And that's so much fun for me. And I bring that into my business and I bring that into my personal life. They intersect together. And then I think the third one is courage, right? Vision and goals require action to come to fruition. And we must act. Goals are the dreams with deadlines. And so for me, it's taking those first courageous steps, even when I mean, look behind me, Candy, right? It says, get out of your own way on this sign, because <laughs> I know that it's that first courageous step and I can get in my own way too. And so for me, I have fears and I have self-doubt like other people, but my self-doubt has a date on a calendar Friday at 410. Like if it showed up before this conversation today, it had to leave because it didn't have a place today. And I think that being able to have the courage to, I always say I build my confidence through the courage. 
And if we just continue to show up. So for me, it's those three things. It's humility. It's the ability to be curious. And then the, the place of being encouraged so that I can keep growing and using my own gifts in the world. I love that question, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. And I love your answer. And I want to kind of unpackage her answer a bit because we are talking about transitioning identity. And I wanted to show the audience, I didn't, of course, know what her top three values would be. But it's interesting, isn't it, everybody that's listening to hear the combination, how she sees it, and how she initiates it in our business. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to, if you want to go back and listen to this part, it's a really critical part about what she just said. I just love that. And thank you so much for the share. And my most favorite thing, our goals are dreams with deadlines. Mm -hmm. And that taking action and having courage, because here's what I often see. I'll see people asking us a question about, can you help me? Right. And yeah. so what I see is they have these beautiful, brilliant thoughts, but the one value that they're not initiating is action. Or like you said, courage yeah. for you, courage brings you towards action. So if somebody's sitting there with that right now, Michelle, talk to them. Yeah. So what I want to say to you is, you know, it's not always easy to be courageous, right? And so many times those first steps, they really do come from a place of how you see yourself. And so many times we're blocked. There's these prosperity blockers that are happening because we have work to do in order to take those courageous steps. Right. And so I think it's, where are you feeling stuck? leaning in and thinking to yourself, you know, when I think about the possibilities for my business, when I think about the possibilities for the life that I want to create, the partner that I want to attract, what difference and impact I want to make in the world. When you have the ability to ask the questions, but you're feeling stuck, there's still hope. It's called reach out for support, right? It's, Amen. Amen. Yes, Listen, yes. reach out for support. Did you hear how many people Michelle has on her team and how much joy she had around their skills and talents? Like, yeah. can you do it all? Michelle is a person that could do it all because she does have those skills and talents. But what I noticed is once you gave up doing it all, yeah. Because when I first met you, you were doing it all. I was doing it all. That's right. I mean, it was like this <laughs> backpack she was carrying around and it was like, I can make my website. I can make my marketing campaign. I can. And I was like, holy crap. And she could, for me, I was like, I can't make my marketing campaign. I had one gift and one talent, which I think was my biggest gift was having that because computers and me, not so much. You know? yeah. So I love what you're saying. And the other thing I just want to lean into right now, this is so important. You were saying courage and taking action is how you see yourself. So when I go into the Akashic records and we release blocks, because she was talking about blocks, yeah. it's often, I would say 90% of all my clients that have a block. And I'm interested to see if you believe this too. Once we release the self-worth that either happened from, you know, the genetics of their parents or happened with a relationship or their subliminal programming or a past vow that they may have taken and potentially even a past life. Those are all the things that I see. So talk to me about self-worth and how you see yourself, because I truly believe that everybody that's listening right now, that that's usually at the core of the block. 
A hundred percent. I think that is so common too, for what I see where people are getting stuck, right? They're in that paralysis by analysis. They're in the imposter syndrome space of not being able to really lean in and know who they truly are, right? They're, they're in this world where there's so much abundance and that they can create their own reality if they just lean into one self-worth and two self-trust, right? If there's two sides to the formula. And so the self-worth piece, a hundred percent, there are so many pieces. You know, I talk very often about the, you know, money mindset to money, passion to purpose, right? It all intersects. And one specifically around money and profitability in our businesses is we many times carry with us this financial DNA, right? And that is how we think about money, how we feel about money, the experiences that we've walked through that are literally like injected in our financial DNA that came from other, like, as you're saying, other places, the things that we heard, the places that, you know, we started to have our self-worth, even our ideas around money. We weren't taught money. We had an experience with it. And so I think, you know, the self-worth piece is so huge and it's an ongoing, ongoing work, right? But I think that when you lean into really, really, really lean into this, who are you? You know, we all are here on purpose and for purpose. And Candy, who you serve and who I serve, sometimes they'll intersect and they'll be the same, but how we bring our unique gifts and how we touch the world is completely different. We're both meant to be doing the work that we're doing. And I think the self-worth piece, it's the mindset and the self-worth is the number one piece that has to be worked on in order for you to have all of the pistons fire. 100%. Fire up your pistons, everybody. Fire That's up those good. pistons. That's Fire right. Them up. I want to go backwards a little bit, and I don't want to forget about the who are you statement. But for right now, I want to lean into your own personal courage. Because you did something that, in my opinion, took a lot of courage. And we haven't talked about it. And I know that you recently packed up the whole farm <laughs> and moved how many, like, what, 2,500 miles or 3,000 miles? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what she just did. So let's talk about that. You're only a few weeks, if that, out of the move. So let's talk about the courage that it took to make a big decision to move your family to another location. Yeah, thank you for that. So I am literally just three weeks into sitting here in Naples, Florida, a place that I have dreamed about, right? I've always had this dream since my early twenties. I knew I was meant to live closer to the water. I know that I'm meant to be in places that are warm and sunny where I'm at my highest vibration year round. And I just, you know, for me, it's been clear. I mean, I have a three-year vision statement that I write out every year. I've had vision boards since I was 20. And on my last vision board, I do a three-year vision board. I had Naples in four places. And my vision statement was clearly aligned with spending more time here and, and eventually finding myself here, you know, as a home base. So I've been in a battle between my heart and my head for two years now, knowing that I was being called here. I knew it. There were things that were happening. I thought it was maybe California for a while, right? Because it's sunny California, perfect weather. And I remember visiting California two years ago for a conference and I was walking the beach in Newport Beach. And I just remember asking source, like, is this home? And I, the message was very clear. It was like, no, you're just supposed to spend more time here. 
And so I knew the vision for my business was all in alignment with me being able to work from anywhere, coast to coast, right? Being able to serve people throughout the United States globally. And that's exactly what I've built. So this move to Naples, for me, here's one of the things that happened. I read that vision statement daily. My husband, when I wrote this one out three years ago, said, are you going to read it every day? (laughs) And I was like, yes, I am. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, again, it comes back to, we create our own reality. And I had my husband, my husband always said, I'll never go to Florida. I'm never going to live there. I will visit. I will enjoy it with you when you want to go, but I won't live there. So the battle between the heart and the head is we have a marriage where we have figured out how to support each other in our highest passions and our visions without suffocating or taking something away from each other. So I just had come to this conclusion that I was going to live here probably 12 weeks out of the year and he would visit and he would love it when he was here and we would figure that piece out but there was still this battle telling me that something didn't feel right there. And so I went back to my vision statement and I removed the words that said that he was visiting in all of it. It said he was here and he loved it, but it always had, he was visiting. Right. And so I removed the word visiting and lo and behold, I come to Naples in April and he says, rebook my flight. We're going to see our little, our grandson turn one and right. Celebrate his first birthday. And I was coming here just to break the winter gloom, which I was sick of. And he said, rebook my flight. I think I'll go with you. It's my birthday Tuesday. And I was like, really? Okay. And so he came and our first day sitting on the beach, he looked around and he said, oh my God, yes. it's incredibly <laughs> beautiful here. I love it. And of course I knew he, we have been to Naples, but he would go to Fort Myers and see his friends while I sat on the beach or, you know, took in the the ocean and the different places that I feel full. And he would go get full with his friends and and see people that were retired firemen that he worked with and, you know, ex whatever. And it just, he sat there though, in this intersection again of where our paths were meeting. And he said, I think I could see myself living here. And one thing that's so beautiful about Jody is that he is also a decision maker. When he feels something, when he feels called for something, he's also intuitive. And I'm telling you, people today are still expecting him to like get in his car and drive home. He loves it. (laughs) We figured it out in eight weeks, 12 weeks. We had three people to rehouse, right? All the kids were home because of COVID, like 31 down to 22. So one, you know, we were all at this intersection of, seeing something new for ourselves. And we were leading that force. And so um, honestly, there was nothing in my mind that stopped us from leaning in because I believed that this is exactly where I was called. Jody is loving it. I am loving it. The kids have rehoused one to Texas, one to Boston. My son's up at Vermont, up in Vermont, finishing his senior year at Norwich University. And it's just been better than I could have ever dreamed. I, I can't even tell you. It's been incredible. So oh, congratulations on this. It's trusting, movie. right? Candy, yeah. for me, it's like, how do you have, it's trusting. Like, what is the worst thing that happens? If I come here and it isn't all that I dreamed about, I can trust that I'll figure it out. You know, I love Marie Furlio always says everything is figure outable. And I think that that's that take the step, start to do the work to see, is this where you would want to be? This is a decade of dreaming, right? So it's just aligning with what that vision was and then trusting that it's meant to be 
because it's been so strong for me, or that if it isn't the right path that you can pivot, right? And this is what your whole book is about. It's like, how do you reinvent? But if we just stay stuck in the same identity all the time, then there's really nothing to look forward to. (laughs) No, there is. There's nothing. You're exactly right. I want to visit a few things. And one of the things is you emphasize more than once the battle between the head and the heart. And then coming to terms with the fact of what does my heart really want? And it was kind of interesting when you were saying about Naples, because I flew to San Diego one time. And when I was landing, you know, one of my guides said to me, I heard in my head, welcome home. Mm -hmm. And so like somewhere inside of me, I feel like San Diego, La Jolla beach always calls me home. And my first photo shoot kind of accidentally happened in La Jolla. So it was an accidental coincidence or was it? So I kind of feel like the universe is kind of leading me in that, in that direction. But I want to talk to my audience about the question that you proposed that started the transition, because this is what I'm hearing in this world right now because of COVID. And like you said, there was you guys figured it all out. Everything was figure outable. Everybody ended up landing somewhere. But some people, uh, you know, I was just at a, a networking and they still have COVID hair, <laughs> COVID weight. There's this glaze in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think this this is a big question. Who am I now after COVID? 100%. And I think, you know, that is something that we all, we have all shifted, right? Like COVID definitely changed things. You know, it changed the landscape for many businesses. It shifted in a way that we've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Most entrepreneurs though have to remember that they're resilient and persistent breed and that they can find hope and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Most times, this just happens to be a different time that we've never experienced before. So that self-doubt and all of those things come up because, you know, our destiny and self-doubt are always on the same playground. Right. At the end of the day, one is going to try to, you know, one is that voice of experience, which is, this is an experience that we can't negate has changed us, right? The pandemic didn't just change our businesses, but our lives as a whole. It insulated us emotionally. It challenged us, took us away from our core very often. So we have to be smarter and savvier, and we have to be certain that we're taking care of ourselves and our businesses more now than ever. I think it's leaning into that place of, again, remembering our identity. We're entrepreneurs. And if we can lean into the fact that we can choose by design, we already as entrepreneurs have made a decision to choose to design life differently, right? It's that, not that nine to five show up and get in a cubicle. It's, it's this desire for freedom and impact for many of us. And I think most people just have to go back to the core of their vision, go back to the core of what it is they want to create that life by design. And then remember that businesses are going to shake up through different seasons. And that's good. It's good because those pivots that have happened, I've had people that have leaned completely out of the way they were doing things into a place of something completely new and they're invigorated, right? Because they were doing, again, status quo, depleted in the energy of their business. And it's like, okay, lean back in. That's what I love so much about my Envision workshop. It's like every year being able to pull people in and say, let's go deep and figure out what it is we want. And it's not just financial, right? We're building a life by design and the businesses that align with that. So I think what I would say to people is 
shake the COVID curse. People are wearing it like a curse, shake the COVID curse and lean back into the questions, being inquisitive, right? What is possible? What am I not seeing? Working with somebody like you, who's intuitive in that space of pulling out the Akashic records and figuring out like with some support, what's next for people, for their business, for their lives. And I think that this is really where I feel most called is that helping others strategize about those pivots in their business. It's a superpower for me, helping them set their vision and flow, cash flow, obviously, and grow is what my entire process is about. I'm super proud of the fact that not one business that I worked with closed because of COVID. You know, I've been supporting clients around pointing those profit dollars into the right places to make sure that they're insulating their businesses and their lifestyles in advance of anything showing up. So when the pandemic happened, they were ready. They just didn't know they were ready for a pandemic, <laughs> right? right? Right. They were ready. <laughs> they were ready. Yeah. I know that you just said that it's life by design and that money's not the most important thing. However, you have a financial degree. You've taken a company from 600,000 to 12 million. I do want to talk a little bit about money because that is one of your greatest gifts. So one of the things, and I want to, I like transparency. So I hope that it's all right that I share this, but when I hired Michelle to go over my finances, one of the things that I started to realize, and that's why I developed the totally woo program, which is about getting clear on your values, releasing your blocks and looking for your own quantum light blueprint for wealth because we're all, like you said, designed to seek like a sunflower seeks the sun, the river flows into the ocean. So I want to talk a little bit about finances, because what I realized when I started my business, I gave myself a $15,000 loan, which is very small for, you know, a business loan, but that's what I had. And then the rest I used with my credit cards. Mm -hmm. And so Michelle helped me to pull apart, like what I did and to start saving for what I wanted and to pay off my debt. And so that was a really huge thing for me because I felt very shameful about the debt that I acquired. And she's like, hold the fort. (laughs) And, you know, because you did something, you started a business, you had the courage to do it. You had the courage to seek me out, meaning Michelle, and we worked a plan. It was figure outable and not to shame myself because where would I have got a business loan as a woman? who was retired after a 30 year career. Could I have reversed my, could I did something with my home? Yeah, but that's not what you ever touch. So I use credit cards. So let's talk a little bit about the specifics that you do teach about money and what do people need to get their head around regarding money? Yeah. So first of all, thank you because the first, thank you for sharing your own story and experience, because the first thing that we have to do is we have to drop the shame and the guilt, right? Those chains of guilt, because most people today, well, probably 90%, they're not taught about money, right? I can speak in a room of 300 people and ask for a show of hands for those that have a degree in entrepreneurship and that one hand goes up, right? But people have master's degree, bachelor's degrees, PhDs in engineering and all of these things that are in their background. Yet, even in my own family, which has, you know, my step, I have two stepson engineers, who have had to say to me, can you tell me what a mortgage, like what I understand, like you borrow this mortgage to buy a house, but what the heck does it mean? Because 
people aren't being taught this. Our kids are being taught trigonometry and statistics and economics and different things. No one's talking about personal finance, right? So when we leap into entrepreneurship, it's a very big challenge and you're 100% right. Most women, you know, even though we hear, oh, there's all the support for women and small businesses with the SBA. Yeah, good luck. You better have a business plan, right? That looks out three to five years and spreadsheets and cash flow projections before you even show up at the table to ask for that money. And so there's already this barrier to entry. So what do we do? We very often grab for the thing that feels easiest, that allows us to leverage, because I'm not against credit cards, right? Their they're, leverage is good in our businesses when we begin. But what happens is, I think the most important piece is having people understand the runway. It's the, what is it going to take me? Even transitioning from my identity of ins- you know owning an insurance agency and being in that field for 26 years, I had a shortened, I thought, oh, my timeline, three years, right? To get this business to six figures and beyond. And the thing is, the runway is so important. Like we can't actually believe, now maybe it's possible for some people, but the truth is that, you know, my mission today is to help people be on the winning side of entrepreneurship and change that statistic. I too am writing a book and it's all about that profitability piece that helps people win and get beyond that losing statistics that says 66% of people fail in the first three years. And it's generally the runway. It's education. It's as women having an understanding, you know, many times we're the savers, not the wealth builders. Mm-hmm. In the family dynamic, we're saving, we're saving our dollars. We're not investing our dollars. Mm-hmm. So when we make decisions to become entrepreneurs, It's very not normal that a woman would say, I'd like to take some of that money that would be going into a 401k, honey, or for themselves even, and take that investment and put it into their own enterprise as that seed money to actually grow something. And so we do what's easy. We grab the credit cards, right? And then three years later, because the runway that we had in our minds was one year, 12 months, 18 months, the 0% threshold, right? Whatever you grabbed for that becomes our identity of success. Like, okay, I took out this 18 month 0% credit card. So I'm going to hit it out of the park by then. And then I'll be successful. But the truth is that our timelines are all different and we're figuring out our identities many times of our business and ourselves and aligning with where we're going to be. And that many times as we're coming into entrepreneurship, takes more time than what we give ourselves. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is those investments that we made in ourselves become debt, the guilt of shame, and that cloak starts to lay on us, right? Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it's it's one, as you said, stripping away that thought that I'm going to shame myself that I'm not further along than I should be, and really leaning to those pieces of financial guidance that says, how can I look at this entity And how can I take it to new levels? How can I make sure that I understand my lifestyle design is married to my business? Amen. And then start to set clear strategic revenue goals from a place of aligning with those pieces. That's the magic of what I do. And I think that that is very magical. And the other thing that I found out through kind of my own search and rescue for my own self is one of the things I kept asking across the board is like, what are the percentages? Like, 
what should I be saving? What should I be spending? What should be my profit? And I couldn't quite get the answer until somebody introduced me to the profit first book and then to Amber Duggar. And she had this mathematical formula. So when I was writing my book and talking about the quantum leap blueprint for wealth, one of my awareness pieces, like you just said, is aligning to your right amount of wealth. I thought the first figure of saying, Ooh, I want to hit a hundred thousand dollars. Ooh, isn't that good? But guess how much money after I took out all my percentages, my yeah. taxes, that meant I was making $42,000 a year. And guess what else that meant? That if I was having a family of four, I would be this big entrepreneur that could collect food stamps. Yeah, 100%. And this is where people fall short, right? Because they, or, they shoot this number or have yeah. this big debt behind me because I didn't realize. And then, you know, you meet with your financial planner and they say, you'd hit it, you hit your $100,000. And you're like, why am I in debt? Yeah, like that was a real big disconnect for me. And so what I do is I have what's called an alignment calculator and it's not my formula, it's Amber's, but I put it in my book so you can make a decision yeah. if you want to make a hundred thousand or a million. And there's a formula there in my book for it. And I kind of started leaning into this with Michelle awakening me to the fact that I don't need to be ashamed. Yes, I could pay off my credit card debt. And guess what else I could do? I can plan for my wealth, but that six figure was not in no. alignment for who I am and what my personal needs are and the, my lifestyle that I wanted to live. It didn't fit. And right. so everybody's selling this woohoo, hundred thousand. And I was like, that's not enough. It's not enough, 100%. Yeah, when I work with singles, right? I always say the 120,000 is like the beginning place that you should be shooting to get to that $75,000 mark. And it's different for everybody. So I'm very aware not to, it's stripping away this number and creating from a place of what's going to serve you. Because some people can lean in minimally like live lifestyle wise, where some people are coming in and entering into their business and they've already built the lifestyle, right? But there are places where we can always shift, pivot, make decisions about, and it's about empowering ourselves to one, see where they are, and then having a realistic runway based on what that intersection of your lifestyle and the business look like. Exactly. I really wanted to go there a little bit more deeper with Michelle because she is a financial expert. And I just wanted you to hear, especially if you're a woman listening to this podcast and you're in debt, don't be ashamed of that. And like yeah. Michelle said, get courageous and take action and, you know, reach out to Michelle. Working with entrepreneurs, Candy, to build out those processes, right? Using the Envision Success Path of being able to get into the money piece, looking and helping them build a cash flow strategy, aligning them with the strategies to actually attract the clients and sell their products and services that will help them meet those revenue goals. And most importantly, the path to the profit, which is all, all three of those pistons, vision, flow, and grow. Yeah. So hundred percent, I still am. Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss this integral part of who you are. And I've been dying to hear about your new identity of being a glamma. <laughs> Let's love talk that. all about that. It's so, so it's pure joy. You know, I think I remember being in an event with you and standing up. It was Bryna's evolution, Bryna Haynes. We were at her evolution event a couple years back. And I remember 
standing up and actually saying the word joy didn't serve me, right? We were doing some deep dive into values. And I just remember, you know, prosperity, abundance, joy, and writing the word joy. And then I was like, why do I write the word joy? Like, I don't even feel aligned with the word joy. It doesn't resonate with me. I don't even like the song joy to the world. I don't know if you remember this conversation. And I decided to shift the word joy like having the word joy in my life to more fun, right? Cause like, what would more joy look like for me? And I came down to having more fun. Well, let me tell you something. Now I get it. Joy was reserved for my GG days, right? Joy was reserved for being a grandmother. I can tell you the day that Carson Ray was born, the only word that I could come up with was pure joy. It was pure joy. So I am just having, I'm in awe of him. I'm in awe of them. I'm so excited that we have this technology today that allows us to connect. We FaceTime every morning. I love it. I'm in awe of my daughter who's chosen to stay home with him in these early formative years. She's a Montessori child herself. So it's super cool watching her implement learning techniques with him and, and sharing her experience because I wasn't a stay at home mom. I didn't have the capacity or the patience and to see her just transfer her beautiful soul purpose. Like she's so Zen. I always say I'm like the type A, she's the type C. And my mom was sort of an intersector between the two, but she's also now on my team, which is so beautiful because she's so talented and she's learning, you know, that she can have both worlds and give herself this place of outside of mama and wife confidence. And I'm just loving every bit of it. You know, and part of my vision when she found out that she was pregnant was making sure that I could be there every five or six weeks. And I've been able to meet that goal for the last year and a half, even through COVID. I got on a plane and I masked up and I went and I didn't miss those moments. And I'm so grateful for all of the technology, for the travel ability that we have because they're in Greenville, South Carolina. Now they're only an hour and 10 minute nonstop flight away, but it's just amazing. It's just so beautiful. And I, I wish I could pull up pictures on the screen and like say smell a vision. I just want to show up Carson vision because, you know, it's one of those joyful things as a grandparent that you just get to walk a little bit differently. Well, Michelle, I'm so sorry. We're on a podcast that we cannot see your beautiful (laughs) little grandson, but I just think that that's so precious. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to women in this moment, because Michelle said her daughter is working for her business and I have a team of seven and my daughter is one of my copyright specialists. And so women listen to this moment, like as we become stronger and more courageous and develop our businesses, we can bring in sometimes our children and their gifts and talents. So I just wanted to acknowledge that because that must feel so good to know that that little moment is kind of supporting your daughter and still having a career and feeling like a human being and a person while giving the other part of the nurturance to your grandson. And you're also contributing in that way. So that's priceless. Yeah. It feels so good. And she's so beyond talented and I'm just, I'm so grateful. I'm, she's my social media manager and she, you know, was like, are you sure? And I, I had Ashley opened the conversation up with her 
probably six months ago. And I just was like, if, and when you're ever ready or you're interested. And you know, it's, it's so funny to move from that place of, I need you to not look at my social media and think, oh, mom posted again, right? Because this is how we have visibility in the world. And I need you to lean in and, and see who Michelle Jacobic is as a professional. And when she did that, when she was able to turn on the, turn off the mom and step into the, as an employee of Jacobic Enterprises, what does this look like? She's just so clear. And it's so beautiful to, to share the pieces with her. And she makes me laugh. Like again, right. Copywriting. And she's super entrepreneurial. She always has been. She had written her first children's book at the age of 18. Both of my kids, all of, all of our kids actually are super entrepreneurial. So it's cool to see her lean in and figure out what that looks like for her. And I'm getting the benefit, right. I'm getting the benefit (laughs) of her gifts. Well, I love that. All of that. And speaking of gifts, do you have a free gift that you would like to offer? Yes. I have a freebie called the magic in the metrics and it is all, you know, as a profitability strategist, again, it's this space of education and helping people understand who may not have any idea of what to look at in their numbers when they're starting. And not that you have to be the one running, you know, your books and doing your tax returns, like you should have support there, but you should always know enough to be dangerous. You should always know what you should be looking at in coming to conversations with your team, your, your trusted advisors, where you know on the places where you can slice and dice and look at the metrics of your business and determine its health, right? So I'll share my little PDF with the the places. It's just called the magic and the metrics. And it's three or four or five places that I want people looking with a clear in English understanding of those reports and what it is you want to look at and how often. And so how would they get that gift? So I'll actually drop you a hyperlink that you can put into the show notes. And they also can visit me. um, They can follow me on Instagram at Michelle Jacobic for more inspo tips and tricks around mindset and money and passion to purpose, as well as visit my website at michellejacobic.com where I'm always sharing new tips and tricks and uh, things around profitability and business. Oh my goodness. That is just so generous. And we're all so grateful to get that information and just thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you so much for trusting your intuition. And like you said, getting out of your head and getting into your heart. And that was the biggest transition and leaning into trusting yourself and taking the courage to take action in your life. So congratulations on all of that and in finding joy with your new grandson. So thank you so much, Candy. It's so great to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to CandiceHaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.